0: hey everybody welcome to the cinema nerd presents the filmography of richard kelly we're talking about the box today my name is kyle i'm here with james and we are going to press the button by the end of this episode i think
1: yeah sure (laughs) i yeah i wonder what my my position would be
0: oh have you
1: watched any films before we get into it like
0: yeah a couple of things i've been um like i mentioned the internet was super spotty so i've been DVRing cable movies (laughs) and putting those on and so there's been some gold like i watched mad max that was pretty awesome the uh you know original og yeah that makes
1: one yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and that movie is really really cool i um suffer from wanting it to be like totally you know to the wall the entire time so that middle section where we're falling in love and dealing with emotions i'm a little like all right let's move on but (laughs) the beginning and end of that movie so rad yeah but then you need to watch two then no, no, no! I know, I know all why it's there. Like I, I it. No, because Mad, Mad Max
1: Two was basically they looked at Mad Max One and were like, okay, but what if it was balls to the wall action the whole fucking movie?
0: Right.
1: And well, we made Mad Max Two. Kind of like,
0: where they went with the whole thing, right? Yeah. I actually I like Thunderdome just for being a. a not so insane movie, you know, just for being, what am I looking at? This is wild. the one that felt like Total Recall, right? Like it was all, like... no, that's the one with uh Tina Turner and the kids. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right,
1: yeah, that's the one, yeah, that's that was wild. Very random segue, but I was thinking of uh The Running Man, Bretta. Right Remember that movie? But yeah, that's it's been a while. way off, yeah
0: um so i also watched short circuit that way <laughs>
1: oh so we played a similar well not uh i i watched big oh much better than short circuit oh mate i tell you what i think i love like the 80s like they had this kind of like ambivalent morality like it was kind of like they did like moral bits but the whole story didn't have to be a moral story. Like, yeah. like back to the future is just a kid getting a truck. Like if you, <laughs> if you, if, if you kind of like start at the start and then you start at the end, his family just has more stuff and they're a bit more confident, but like the story has morals, has things. It's real, fuck. it's real intense actually. But, um, big's the same. Like it's,
0: well, capitalism is so at the heart of so many of these movies, right? Like they're like the big, does he have to become a, a, you know, a VP of a company or a boardroom guy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. But there's like this weird sub
1: story, right? Where he meets, well, basically his colleagues are like super nihilistic, like money driven executives and like two of them are in a relationship and then he comes in as this kid, but they don't know he's a kid, and he's got, like, idealism. But when they start, like, the love interest for the movie, she's, like, pretty rough, like, plans to cheat on her partner with the new guy just because he's something different. She's quite cold, but he kind of <laughs> inadvertently turns her down by just thinking it's a sleepover. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, body swap movies are hard to avoid sexual, sexual politics in, right? And that it was, was crazy like so because he's, he's
1: technically 13.
0: Right. Going on 30, like, if you will. Yeah, but they go, on, they go on with it.
1: Like, you know, like they actually end up in a relationship. She technically...
0: Was well, in the '80s all over, man. I mean, I don't know if it's the story of cocaine or what, but there were zero fucks given about so many things, like short like, to... circuit. Fisher I Stevens. I kind of like full in brownface. To... What's that? I said, like short circuit. Fisher yeah. Stevens is full on in brownface in that movie.
1: No, yeah, shit. He's he's an Indian tech, but yeah. he's not
0: Indian. Oh, I forgot about that. That is a thing that happens in that movie. Oh. And,
1: I don't know. Yeah, no, no. So basically, I like though that they took like the premise that's kind of super questionable, but they treated it kind of I don't know, like basically she's all in, he's kind of keen because he's a 13 year old. When it all kind of reveals at the end, she's still kind of a psycho, but like she's getting better, like he's he's fixed her. So she doesn't kind of respond like you'd be like, oh my god, and throwing up and like having a breakdown. She's kind of like like
0: upset and don't uh, no, it was a
1: real weird movie, man. Like
0: yeah. a, <laughs> There's nor no normal human reaction to that revelation because it's not a normal human event. Yeah, like you they can kind treat that with heightened reality. Cause what I mean, big is not we're not actually exploring the subject matter. We're we're using it as a jumping off point to a high concept right, comedy, yeah. right?
1: It was a, I don't know, man. I enjoyed that film, like, and I, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. It's a very different movie when you're an adult to when you're a kid. But, um,
0: yeah. Well, Penny Marshall is uh, very, very talented. So I'm sure big holds up in a lot of ways. I haven't seen it in quite a while either. I did watch a body swap comedy, that is of lesser repute. I watched Vice Versa. With What's Judge that? Reinhold and, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, Kevin from The Wonder Years. Oh, right, yeah. Pardon me. Um, and that's, you know, a fine movie for one in the afternoon while you're doing some other work. <laughs> Not much else to say about it.
1: So The other film I watched was Vin Diesel's Bloodshot. Oh, uh,
0: I haven't watched it yet. Let's, um, let me watch it and we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Or you know if you have a few few thoughts but just I don't want to hear too much about it cuz I do I do want to watch it.
1: Um, <laughs> no, you can watch it. We'll talk later. We'll okay, talk. Cool. We'll talk on the next one. Root there's root a to our bloodshot episode. Um, yeah. There's a yeah. <laughs> it's great. So
0: the so, bo- the box.
1: I'll let you lead on this one if you go.
0: Okay, well, I think this is a good movie to sort of wrap up Richard Kelly with because after watching hours and hours of his movies, some of the themes that he deals with, you know, this movie expresses. He he kind of hits a lot of the interconnectedness of humanity, the government conspiracy thing the religious undertones. We even get inside the time tube, right? So this movie is very, very Richard Kelly. And I also so I think it's a good movie to discuss that way. I think it's an interesting movie to discuss because for me, this is a movie that's like a tale of two halves, right? The first half of this movie, I'm so on board, man. I just like it the mood the tone it's so creepy the the way that people are have their head turned entirely 90 degrees while they're walking around looking at each other the way the set design the the fact that in the first few scenes literally every single person is carrying a box a lunchbox a briefcase a package it it's got this great kind of grippy moody energy that richard kelly is so great with and then the second half of this movie starts and i feel like i'm watching the southland tales again where i'm just like wait what the fuck yeah what's your plan here and so i tried to like beat it out and walk through like whose plan it is and for what and the best i came up with is let me see frank langella gets struck by lightning that is filled with Mars data and he becomes a supervillain who judges humanity on behalf of aliens. He's a conduit for this sentience okay. that's judging so, humanity.
1: I think the aliens piggybacked on the data transmission. So they were sending uh, back a data okay. transmission mm-hmm. and there were sentient life forms, maybe electronic or body snatcher life forms that Piggybacked on the transmission, but right up till then, yeah, everything else is an alien, came down, overtook, okay. decided... Like, so, maybe yeah. has done this multiple times? Like, maybe this okay. is what they do to planets? That might be why Mars doesn't exist as a planet anymore? Okay. Wait, Mars doesn't
0: exist as a planet anymore?
1: No, I mean, like as a living planet. I think you know. Oh, Mars,
0: oh,
1: oh. Like, I think Mar- the people who took out Mars waited. <laughs> we reached out and then just took out. You know, is planning to take out Earth if we don't pass the test.
0: So one box at a time, Mars succumbed to yeah, a test But I also
1: think the movie fails from feeling like a short story blown up into a big story. In that, I think there's a few answers that don't get. A few questions that don't get answered. Like uh, the whole plan seems to revolve around a man, a woman, and a child. Right, a single. Yeah, the only child. To yeah. So are only their opinions the ones that are recorded, or is it like like a feedback loop that's gotten out of control? Like I
0: don't know why, like. Because I the- I, another question that I have in that regard is like in jumping way to the end. Sorry, everybody. But when another guy comes to tell James Marsden a piece of information, like they're all trying to get them out of this cycle, right? With the bloody noses. The last guy tells Marsden that it's too late for me, but it's not too late for you. And then reviewing the events of the movie, I'm like, wait no, it's way too late for Mars, and it's already been way, like, why, why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I end up with a lot of questions. I think it is dealing with super high concept stuff that either, I either need way more of or way less of, and in the Southland Tales, I wanted way more of it. Yep. In this one I want way less. I'm like I don't need the answers. I don't need you to raise the yep. question. I'm I, really I just, happy with 90 minutes of Frank Langella being creepy, showing up a few times and then we close with like, "Well, what the fuck was that?" 100%. And, so this
1: ahead. was it. like I think I think they tried to wrap it up and have this story, but the story had holes or didn't uh it didn't kind of mathematically work out like that you know, the way it was panning out, there had to be like more stuff. But if you pulled back a little bit, I didn't need to have any of that. Like if you just right, had the loop and had it move itself on, you don't have to know what the prim, you know where yeah, so that was my thing. like it felt like a short story where it would be amazing, like, like the loop and the the, the creepiness and all the amazing like imagery. But when you kind of extended it out, it kind of. It needed to be way more extended, or, yeah,
0: I, yeah I don't think it needs to be way more extended. I think it needs to be way more dialed back. This yeah, is no that's this like- for clarity. This is uh, adapted from an episode of The Twilight Zone called Button Button. Uh, which oh, I've watched? Have you watched it?
1: No, no, no. Yeah, not at all.
0: But so conceivably, it can't be more than about forty minutes of story. So even stretching that to a ninety-minute movie is a challenge, and here we're at two hours, and it, I, you know, it's overstuffed, and the questions are unanswered, and I don't but know. Some if, of the
1: questions didn't need to be asked in the first place, that's, but when they asked that's them, that's really the issue. Yeah, when they asked them, now I kind of want some answers. If you're going to ask the question, like I want at least like there to be an semblance of an answer. But everything that was shown to me, it didn't feel like. Some, not everything, I mean, I enjoyed, big, like you said, the first half, I was like, well, this is quite, um, like, you know, I liked the tone, I liked what everyone was up to, I liked. Um,
0: yeah, let's, let's say some good stuff about this movie because there really is a lot to enjoy. And like you said, up front, I think there's, it's really, really entertaining for yeah. a, quite a lot of the runtime and Super Moody, I think the production design is incredible in this movie. The costumes on everybody, look amazing the box itself is super cool the cars (laughs) are cool the sets and locations look great it really is convincingly a 70s movie
1: yeah yeah you know i i enjoyed things like the box design like you said i like that they took it apart and it's empty but it has like all this functionality that can't be explained i kind of enjoyed that
0: like and then it also does a super richard kelly thing with that where it needs it references you know other works and other creators of sci-fi so that's where we get marsden talking about arthur c clark's three laws right yeah and how it there is technology in there but it appears magic to us because we you know we don't understand that technology
1: yeah no i mean i i liked the the, the kind of replacement of the town with the, with like, it seems like everybody's in on the plan apart from the families that are being tested.
0: Well, cause and, uh, they're the aliens can like transmit into them. They're sort of body snatching those people f- until for a few minutes. And that's when the nosebleed happens is when the people break free sort yeah. of like in uh, get out, you know, when the, the guy has his, has a few moments or the, the, um, Anyways, a few different characters Yeah, that same thing. Yeah, Get Out. That was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good movie. This, this movie's okay. I think it is, I don't know, I'm going to keep saying it, but it's super beautiful. Even when we get to that turbine set that the NSA has taken over. Yeah. Really cool looking stuff. And Moody Kelly is... I'm here for it, you know? Yeah. And once again,
1: it's like got those themes that I kind of like I enjoyed that the NSA was kind of taken over by aliens and there were a couple people who were aware of it and most people weren't. And the whole plan, because it's secret, you can't really argue with the NSA about like, you know, what are they up to? It's like, oh, the NSA, it's secret. But it's not the NSA, it's aliens. But you, know, you <laughs> can't know any better because the NSA is too secret for you to ever question it. You
0: it's a culture trap.
1: I mean, I, I, like, I enjoy that same thing from the previous movie where the guy has taken over USI Den, Like, well, no, the, you, the, the military secret project and no one really questions it because it's too secret for anyone to question it.
0: Right. And in actually uh, another holdover or Passover, I guess, from Southland Tales. We get a neo-Marxist going after the NSA. That reporter is one of the neo-Marxists.
1: Yeah. I think it failed a little bit for me. But, but it, I think there was a film there that I would really enjoy. Like, I think maybe even just the edit. Like, I think actors did a good job. Like you said, the sets and design are beautiful. I think you might be able to edit this down to a shorter film and come I away with it. I
0: do. I, that would be an interesting experiment, too, if you want to get your machine moving. I, I, would, I would actually... All right, you take the Southland Tales and I'll take the Box because I think there is a really tense, tight, moody, 90-minute psychological thriller in here. hmm and it's more of a tone poem. So I think maybe more than talking about this movie so much, because I, I, we've kind of said it, let's take this opportunity to talk about Richard Kelly and, and what we know about him as a filmmaker and, and where we are in this journey. And, and who we've become as people, James? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, well, yeah, he certainly changed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I think the, the term tone, tone poem sums up Richard Kelly really, like he he really gets tones and and like the the feeling of of
0: like mm-hmm, situations when we're when he's doing dream logic stuff like that sequence in the library is so so cool and gripping and that's that even comes that's towards the end of the movie and I've already kind of checked out on the movie at that point but I'm yep. sitting back up when that happens because it looks amazing. And you don't know what, pardon me, you don't know what's going to happen in that moment. No. And he's so good with that stuff. I would I'd love to see Richard Kelly take on a script that's not his own because here, here's where I end up landing with him at the end of this journey, it is I think that he, he likes really high concept stuff, and he's sort of sorry, I'm I'm trying to draw us together too many things right now. So let me just take a breath and say that damn it. Nope, that didn't work. <laughs> um I I think that he either the things that he wants to express are not very well expressible through the medium of film, which is really possible. And it's a question that I have about Southland Tales and any cyberpunk media, which I think we can maybe explore as we go throughout this uh, journey more. I think cyberpunk is a really difficult medium to film. And I think mysticism and uh, sort of metaphysical stories are also really difficult to put to film because you, you, you. some reality to it by creating a tangible document, something that we all watch and we share now. We're no longer imagining magic. We have to to look at it. But he's interested in the magic. And that's tough to film. So I don't think it's that he is, like we've talked about Richard Kelly being out of control or in control or specifically out of control. And I think he is. I don't think he's wildly out of control and that the subject matter is beyond his grasp i think that the subject matter is beyond really well expressing in cinema and because of 100% so i i mean i i think
1: like with the mysticism thing like the 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 magic or the the crux of mysticism lies in in like the duality of like you know when um you've got like a paradox where uh where two conflicting things
0: are both true. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: that's, that's where it all kind of lives.
0: Yeah. And then, resolve dissonance.
1: Yeah. Dissonance. Yeah. And so that's what these films have where you've got multiple truths that conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. And and then it's so hard to like, cause you've got to film it with one in mind. Like you can't, you're only showing one viewpoint at a time. So it, it, it falls apart because it collapses every time you film one side or the other it says this is the truth and then this is the truth and like i i think a lot of the questions he's asking require there not to be a defined capital t truth
0: you know like uh, yeah it, absolutely no the 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 truth of the the answer to the questions is that there is not one truth the answer is many answers and so but yeah. as you film it, you're
1: kind of picking up a, a story, which you're giving that an answer.
0: It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, that, that decision tree turns into a flow chart, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's more truthful
1: for the Donnie Darko Southland Tales ones. Uh, this one, uh, it, it, it could have had a, I don't
0: know, yeah, it's the, the mood. At least, uh, wanting to see him do somebody else's script. Yeah. because I think the the fact that he's in control of this project means he can put all of those ideas into it, and those are the ideas that he wants to express. That, that's the kind of vision of Richard Kelly is, uh, you know, psycho interconnected America Americana. Again, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, sorry. That phrase just entirely melted my brain and I forgot everything else I was going to say. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. But I, I, I have to say I do enjoy Richard Kelly as a director. Okay, I think- back on. I, because I do enjoy him as a director also. I think he's an exceptional director. I think he is really in control of tone. And I don't know who, who said it, but it's, you know, there's a quote about the director's primary job is to control tone. And Richard Kelly right. can do that. And I like the tone that he strikes up where he loses me his plot. So yeah. if, and, and, but only halfway, I'm, I'm still like, even the movies that I've reacted negatively to of his, I'm all the way in for at least half of, but, so if he had somebody else's material and his eye, I, I would love to see what that looked like.
1: I mean I'm also on board with him making his things again because like I kind of in in, like you know I'm looking forward to the Southland Tales TV series or whatever that's happening
0: like. I absolutely am too and I that you know I think it's one of the things I said earlier is I well and I've said I said a lot about the Southland Tales but it's either a lot more or a lot less. I think with the Southland Tales a lot more And so the fact that he's doing Southland now, did we talk about that on this show? That happened right after we recorded the last one, didn't it? I think
1: it happened after, yeah, yeah, so. So to anybody
0: who listens to this and might care, Richard Kelly announced recently that the Southland Tales Can Cut is getting a 4K remaster and he is uh, announcing a new project called Southland Now. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really exciting time to be alive.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. like I'm actually just jumping at the bit to see that one because I just like is it going to be more or a reimagination or I mean it sounds like it's going to be like like a later or like a
0: different iteration of it but yeah I assume it's yeah okay I I shouldn't assume anything about it my mind went to either a, a parallel universe because why wouldn't he go to a parallel universe where it's a little more future now so he's telling a story about like 2025 2030 or he is telling the story today of boxer santeros and what he looks like you know what those adventures are in this world not boxer Santaros because he died on the blimp but you know <laughs> yeah. some neo-marxists and look i
1: mean with the name it could be krista now but she died on the blue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. Kristen now for president. Yeah. That's it. Just to bounce through a few things because I have them here in my notes. Yes. Kind of uh, kelly Kellyisms that came up. There's a national anthem in this movie. It's the end of day motif again from Donnie Darko. There's like yeah. a... Also that uh, boat is floating in front of the uh, Twin Towers yeah. Again, just calls out, you know, um, Richard Kelly's relationship with America. Yeah. He's interested in exploring it, and same thing, like you know, the guy, he, uh, James Marsden works for NASA.
1: Yeah,
0: this movie's kind of centrally about America, and so I do want to yeah. ask one more. I, oh, sorry, one more. Um, there's like a book exposition scene. Remember, James Marsden is reading the book. Yeah, he's done that motif in all three of his movies at this point. Love some exposition through the page. So one more thing about this movie, a bigger question, which is like what what's the point? You know, is is there something being said with this movie? Is there like a a thesis, you know? Because I, I end up questioning everybody's motivations, right? Obviously our our main villains, like, well, why? You know, what do you get out of this? Just seeing if humanity can be good or bad sure i also our heroes like they don't they don't need the money right no i mean a million
1: dollars is a lot of money but they're earning like ten thousand at that point
0: like you know this is the 70s like right and he works for nasa and she's a teacher like they're not they're not rolling in dough but they're they both work good jobs in the '70s. They're doing okay. They're fine, you know.
1: I think they even say that. Like, uh, I think I mean, basically, right. the the kid is going to have trouble paying for school. Right. And right. there's
0: that scene with the principal. They like revoke the teacher's scholarship because she teaches, which is another Kellyism. She's a teacher, yeah. and she's talking to people about some book that Kelly well, is talking about. That actually, he's got a real thing for like, um, like.
1: Rule bending teachers, yeah, like, you know, but like a real like.
0: It's it, so it, that comes up very often. Like, and I think those those books and those teachers are important to the thesis of the film, right? So he's talking about, she's talking about Sartre's hell is other people, yeah, right? and the whole thing is, you know, knowing yourself and being your, what well, his interpretation of it anyway yeah. is showing your whole self to everybody that you meet or the people that you come in contact with anyway. And so that he's expressing that physically through Cameron Diaz's um, foot injury and Frank Langella's facial scarring. And yeah. So obviously that's what is kind of on the mind of this movie. And I, I, but I just don't know where that connects to the interconnectedness thing that Kelly is so all about. Like, is it because you're willing
1: I mean, it's a selfish thing right like so basically it's like it's asking the question of the entire population of earth uh, like you know can you be altruistic can you like give up a seriously good deal where you get a million dollars and you like can live comfy in exchange for people you haven't met and things you don't know and the like it's a it's kind of like, a: are there enough good people in the planet okay. for the planet to justify existence? I think the alien's kind of like an auditor.
0: And that thing that we have to face is ultimately really deep within ourselves is, our, do we consider ourselves more valuable than any other stranger, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, everybody pushes the button and I, I'm, man... It's an evolutionary imperative. It's hard to see beyond humanity, viewing itself as individually more important than collectively. And that's really alarming. And I mean, it's not alarming. It's unfortunately very understandable, but it's disheartening, I think is the word that I mean. And I I think Richard Kelly really is interested in that as a through line in all of these movies because Southland Tales is very much about the destruction that humanity brings upon itself and Body yeah. Darko is as well. Yeah. Um, through sort of the secrets that we keep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah he's he's He deals with these ideas that I find very, very fascinating. And by the end of any conversation with Richard Kelly, it always starts from like, I don't know about this movie. And then I talk about this movie and I'm like, I think everyone should see this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So that's Richard Kelly. Uh, Big big swings. Glad he's a filmmaker. I'm glad I've seen his movies because I do like... Thinking about them and talking about them, and they—they're yeah, really beautiful. Really they look great, every single one of them. Well, Southland Tales is, you know, has its issues, but, oh, but in the, the box, look amazing.
1: Southland Tales, I think, does that on purpose. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. But he he nailed the look he's going for.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's really, really good at directing. Yeah. Cool. Man, thanks for talking about all of Richard Kelly's movies with me, James. This has been a lot of fun.